It's the boy, Bubba, let's come in through Ella Clutch, flawless, can't be touched It's your boy, Bubba, let's Yeah, I need that hot take I need the truth and everything that is not fake So tell me who's Welcome back, Bubba Bunch, to another edition of the Bubble Let Sports Podcast It is episode 256 And today we are doing the Cowboys versus Chiefs review Oh... I was so happy on Friday. I was so happy for this game. It sucks. It it really does suck that the only thing I asked for out of this team on that preview was do not take four steps forward with Atlanta and how well you played against them. And then take 10 steps back. Why? Why do you listen to me and say, okay, let's do exactly what he told us not to do. Mike, Jerry, Steven, if, if you're listening to this, because over the last like week or so, you have, okay? Get your shit together, Okay? But you know what? I'm not even I'm not even angry at how they played. At at this very moment. And it took like about about an hour after the game. I didn't even finish it. It was it was that drop by either Pollard or Cedric Wilson, I can't remember. It was in the middle of the field. And it it just no, actually, it was like with four minutes left in the game with the Chiefs getting the first down on the run. And they were down two scores, so it really didn't matter. But it's it's not even the fact that they played bad offensively. It's not even that they didn't score a touchdown. It's not even the fact that you lost CeeDee Lamb due to a concussion in that game as well. Or the fact that you couldn't run the damn ball. Or the play calling. It's There's so many things that went wrong for the Cowboys in this game. But there are two things that really stood out to me. That in the end, these are the major keys, major takeaways from this game. That have to be better going forward. One of them can be fixed. One of them can be a learning experience from this game. The other, I don't know how you can fix it. I really don't know how you can fix it. Because they haven't been able to fix it. For not just this season. But for as long as Jerry's been the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. And especially in the 21st century. That to me will never be fixed. Or we'll see change. So, and, and sadly, I was right about, about this. So, first, let, let me talk about the game itself and, and why it went so wrong for the Dallas Cowboys. Plain and simple, they are not ready. They are not ready to be the favorites. They are not ready to be the contenders of the NFC, of the Super Bowl. They are not ready to go against other Super Bowl contending teams. They have had two, you could say three real chances. 
You can add the Patriots game to that, but I don't know. I believe in the Patriots team. I really do. And I think they can be a threat to Kansas City, to Buffalo. This is a tremendous defense and well-coached team. So the Patriots, let's just add them in for, for argument's sake. So the Cowboys have now had three chances to prove themselves against top-tier teams in the NFL. I think that's the Bucks, that's the Chiefs, and that's the Patriots. They have lost two of those games. Now, you win one in overtime. Great. You didn't play your best, but good job. You won. You, you stuck through it. But there were some obvious things that they needed to improve on in that game. The Bucks game at the beginning of the year, they played tremendously offensively. And they looked explosive. But you know what? Your mistakes cost you that game. Not hitting field goals, penalties. And you could say that those have really, those same things have really uh, leaked over since that week one loss. You know, Greg Zerline, the kicking game, the penalties, they lead the league in penalties this year. So they haven't really learned much from that. From that first game in week one. And then you have the Kansas City, uh, Kansas City game. To where you you actually gave me a reason to believe in this defense. This defense. Well, I wouldn't say the whole defense. But Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons can prove to just dominate a game. And once you get Demarcus Lawrence back. Randy Gregory back. Neville Gallimore back. That defensive line will look really scary on paper. Will that mean anything later in the year? Probably not because you only have one good linebacker and that's also your best pass rusher at this very moment in Parsons. And then secondary-wise, Donovan Wilson does get hurt in this game with a shoulder injury. Trevon Diggs, Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis didn't really step up to the plate in this game. Um, They just kind of held their ground and didn't want to give up the big play. Overall, though, this defense played much better once they gave up 16 points. Once they gave up the 16 points in the second quarter, I... I was very impressed by their play. And they did their job. They got the turnovers like I asked them to do. They they held up. They weren't they weren't afraid. But they, they did the basic game plan of Dan Quinn. I think Dan Quinn does get some respect in this game. So, but overall though, like they didn't shut him out. They only held him to three points in the second half. It really didn't matter when your offense can't score anything. So yeah, good job. I, I'm I'm very happy with how they played because there's not much to be happy about from this game. It's just a matter of that offense. And this is where I start to think that this team is not ready. Look, you can't call yourself a top-tier offense or the number one offense in the league when you only score... St- Two field goals off of two turnovers that give you the ball on their side of the field. You cannot accept that when you have the best field position possible from your defense and your defense is doing everything they can to get you in a better position to score. And I know, I know not having Amari Cooper was a loss in this game. You do not use that as an excuse. During the game... Mike McCarthy told Aaron Andrews that after halftime, some of the things that are hurting us are penalties, 
the wind, the crowd noise, and I said, first of all, you knew what the crowd noise would be coming into this game. It's Arrowhead Stadium, it's Kansas City, the most hostile environment to be in in the NFL. You knew that the crowd noise would be a problem, it would be very loud, it would affect your offense. So then prepare more because what I saw during the game was Dalton Schultz and CeeDee Lamb holding up their hands at the line of scrimmage lined up and saying, what's the play? Multiple times throughout the game. It wasn't just a one-off thing in the first quarter. No, 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 no. I saw it in the third quarter. I saw it in the fourth quarter too, to where these guys are holding up their hands saying, what's the call? I don't know what we're running. Well, then you just lost your route. You just lost one of your three options at throwing the ball. That's unacceptable. And then you acknowledged that that was one of your issues at halftime. That the crowd noise was going to be an issue. Yet you didn't do anything about it and they looked even more confused afterward. And then you want to say the wind was an issue. How the hell are you going to give me that damn excuse that the wind is causing you to fail on offense? Because you know what? Patrick Mahomes and that offense scored 16 points in that same wind. They, they played on the same field you did. They, de- they dealt with the same win that you did. Did they use that as an excuse? No, they still scored points. And they scored points easily in that first quarter. So how come it's an excuse for you, but not for Patrick Mahomes? Not for Andy Reid? What makes you any different? What makes you special to the wind? You know? Your kicker didn't use that as an excuse because he was the only one giving you points all day. How is he not using that as an excuse, but your quarterback can't? You're only going to use that excuse that that is, I guess, respectable in the sense that you're throwing 60 yards down the field. You weren't throwing 60 yards down the field, Mike. You weren't. You were throwing it behind the line of scrimmage to Cedric Wilson and Michael Gallup on a screen pass where Dalton Schultz wasn't even blocking. You're throwing it to a flat route by Ezekiel Elliott where there's two defenders already there. And then you're running it Kellen Moore, you you have to be in this in this conversation as well because how in the hell are we going to go from Jason Garrett to Kellen Moore and just love what everything that Kellen Moore has done and think about all the creativity and yet on every single possession it felt like they ran the ball up the middle in first and ten every single time. I go on my Twitter and look at the screenshot of one of the plays that I saw from the Dallas Cowboys to where they are literally rushing everybody on defense. Everybody except for one single high safety and and two corners, man to man on the outside, is in the box ready for them to run the ball up the middle. And guess what the Cowboys did? They ran it up the fucking middle. How does that make sense? Okay? How? All of this just doesn't make sense to me. And the only thing that I can think of is that they are not ready for the big time. Kansas City has been in those big time games. They thrive in those big time games. And you saw that on the field. No matter how many personal uh, or unnecessary roughness or personal fouls, um, unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, because they had plenty of them. Even with those penalties going in favor of the Cowboys, It didn't matter. It didn't alter anything that the Chiefs did because they were confident. They had the swagger to them. Because you know what? When the pressure is on them, because they've been in the Super Bowls, they've been in the championship games, they've been in playoff hostile environments, 
They thrive in that. That's why this game scared me so much. This is why it felt like such a big win, even though the Chiefs record going into this game was 6-4. and four. Yes, we weren't seeing the same Kansas City Chiefs team that we've seen in past years, but you know what? I still think that this Chiefs team can really make a push. And they went into that game yesterday and said, everyone's counting us out in this game. Why should they? We are the better team. We've been in these positions more than the Cowboys have. They don't know what it's like to play here. They don't know what it's like to be in a playoff contention or playoff atmosphere. We do. And we have won so many games because of that. So you know what? Just play our game. They're scared. They should be fearful. And they were right. How how do you go off that Atlanta Falcons team and you beat them by 40 and you say, we're pissed off now. And then you go out and put nine points the week after. I get it. The Chiefs defense has improved tremendously. Their front, uh, like their, their front uh, line is just filled with athletes and they are athletic as hell. They are strong. They are big. But that's where I get into my other point. So I'll save that for a second. Um, their secondary has played better. However, in a league to where anything can happen, no defense, even the best in the NFL, like Buffalo, like the Cowboys, like, well, Denver, like these teams that have had multiple occasions to where they're dominating defensively, but then they also give up like 30 on other games. That Chiefs defense isn't impossible to score on. You just had such a bad game plan offensively and your execution was so bad and you were so scared that you couldn't get anything done with it. But I'm pretty sure I'm no expert, right? I'm no connoisseur. I'm no Kellen Moore. I'm just a guy that watches the games and talks about them. But I'm pretty sure that if I run the ball up the middle on first and 10 and I only get two yards out of that, and that happens about four or five times in a row, I'm pretty sure that the next time I do it, I'm not going to run up the middle on first and 10. And for 60 minutes, that happened. Even when it wasn't working, you still did it. Even when you had no protection at all on your left side, Dak Prescott still had to let time develop. Kellen Moore still put plays up to where they had to let time develop. And they put so much trust into these guys up front when they don't have the capability of stopping Chris Jones, of Frank Clark. They didn't have the capability of holding those guys down. Yet you force this offensive line to try. To have to continue to try. Sometimes you just have to swallow your pride, Kellen and Mike, and say, it's not working, what's next? I'm running the ball on first and 10, and I'm not getting five yards like the Kansas City Chiefs are. They don't know how to run the ball in Kansas City, yet they're getting five to six yards per game on a run, and you're only getting two. Why do you keep running it on first down? Why? That doesn't make sense. You don't, 
What? What do you want? What do you want to happen? You just suddenly think that it's just going to stop? But even then, the only times you ran the ball were on first down with a Kansas City Chiefs team that doesn't know how to stop the run, which they were because you were clearly running the ball on first down, and yet the rest of the game you didn't run the ball. Your formula was run it on first down, pass it on second down, and then third down. You don't want to get to third down. But you forced yourself to go to third down every single time because of how you started the play, how you started the drive. And that's a run on first down that's not going to work. They went into this game, and in the first, like, I'd say first quarter and a half, they were so overcome by the moment. The moment was so big that they couldn't comprehend what was going on. They were scared. This team was scared. They are not ready for the moment. They had every opportunity, and you took the coin toss. You won it. You received on the first drive like you did last week against Atlanta. It worked last week, last week against Atlanta because you were pissed off. You were ready to just go out there and kill. Where was that? Where was that for 60 minutes in this offense? At no point did I think this team is ready to kill. This team is ready to just lay it all on the line. To do everything they have to do. No, Dak Prescott's missing throws. These receivers are dropping passes. Dalton Schultz doesn't know how to fucking block on a screen. Terrence Steele doesn't know what's going on. These receivers don't know what route to run. You, you are doomed from the beginning. That, that to me can be fixed eventually. You really, you really only have one solid game as of right now to say that is our moment to shine. That is our moment to prove to everybody that we are not going to let this happen again. And that's with Arizona. Two weeks before the season ends, Arizona is our game. You have struggled against Arizona the last few years. They have given you a tough battle every single time. Last year, they embarrassed you on Monday night. There is a lot to play for in that game. Right now, with the way that the Eagles are playing, Washington's getting a few wins, the Giants, who knows? This division doesn't seem so lost already for them. So right now, whether it's Nick Sirianni, Ron Rivera, Joe Judge, they're saying they are screwing up. They have lost two out of their last three games. And they got to play us a lot these next few months. And then they got to play Arizona. We can sneak a win on these guys because they're not ready for the moment. They've proven it against Kansas City that they are not ready to take over the league. So if you're the Cowboys, you have to go back to square one and said, we ain't shit. We ain't done nothing yet. We just have a good record, but we are not by all means ready to contend for a Super Bowl. This defense proved a lot, but I still need a few more weeks of consistent play and better tackling because they couldn't tackle in this game either. Micah Parsons could. Everybody else couldn't. They couldn't stop Tyreek Hill. You know, like they just, they would just shell him. They played shell defense, but they just didn't want him to get past them. And they just waited and stayed patient with him in front of them until the other guys came. But by no means did they show impeccable tackling throughout this game. Micah Parsons did, but that's your only great player on this defense right now. So I'm still waiting for this defense to really settle in 
and be consistent. But now my worry is on the offense. Because in two out of the last three weeks, you have shown that even against a good defense, not a 85 Bears defense, not a 2000 Baltimore Ravens defense, that they can shut you down. And that's unacceptable. You can't call yourself one of the best offenses in the league when you can't even get it done. Still with CeeDee Lamb was a part of this game for, for the first half. Michael Gallup is still a tremendous talent. Cedric Wilson is a great wide receiver. And you still have Don Schultz. You still have Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott. How That's unacceptable. And for me, it's like this division is still in a period to where this other, these other teams can make a run. They can make it tighter against the Cowboys. And that puts the pressure on the Cowboys. It doesn't put the pressure on them. They have nothing to lose at this point. No, Everyone counted them out at this point. But now the Cowboys have that pressure of like, can we hold on to this lead? Can we not buckle under pressure? So the, the rest of the schedule is looking a lot tougher right now. And you have a game in literally three days with now CeeDee Lamb out, Amari Cooper out. You may get Tyron Smith back. Who knows? God hope you do. And you got banged up on Sunday. You got humiliated on Sunday. Now you got to play on Thursday against a Raiders team that plays in the AFC West where you've had terrible luck against AFC West teams. You got one win over three of them so far. And that was barely because the refs gave you the win against the Chargers. You, you hung in there against the Chargers, but guess what? The refs helped you. And I'm not even going to, I'm, oh my God, I'm not going to use the excuse that the, the refs in this Chiefs game were a problem. But you know what? I'm, I'm going to say this, and I've been wanting to say this for a very long time about the refs. We're going to get to a point at SoFi Stadium for the Super Bowl where everything doesn't matter anymore. None of that refereeing during the season, during the playoffs, will matter anymore. It's one game. It's going to come down to one game that determines the outlook of the NFL season and how the perception is about referees, about the NFL, about the play, about the games, about their flags and their whole taunting thing. Everything's going to come down to 60 minutes of football in February. That one last game is the last bite that we'll get of football for the next seven or eight months. Whether the coaches decided on these taunting calls and just being more strict about that and being happy with that, saying that the, these refs were in agreement with it and a lot of these coaches think that it's the right call. Okay, but if it comes down to that one night and the referees blow calls, they miss calls, they make some terrible taunting penalties, they, they just, they're so strict and they're so nitpicking everything that's happening during the game and they don't just let the players play. I guarantee you at the end of the year, you're going to leave a sour taste in everybody's mouth. Because in these America's Game of the Week, Chiefs and Cowboys, what is one thing you don't want said about the NFL? The refs were a part of the reason why. The refs were the reason this. The outcome was because of the refs. How many times have we been able to say that this year? How many times... 
have we gone into a game and said, if it wasn't for the refs, this would be a better game. I can count more than a dozen, probably two dozen, three dozen. It's not that far-fetched, am I right? It's not that far-fetched to say that these refs have really impacted a lot of these games, and for the wrong reasons. And for, for the Cowboys alone, just because I, I, I remember these games so vividly, I can tell you that maybe last week's game against Atlanta was the only game this year to where the refs weren't an issue. And, and they, actually, they actually officiated a good game. Like that one, one out of 10. I don't want to go into the Super Bowl, whether it's with the Cowboys or not, and worry during the game about these refs are going to ruin the game for us. As a viewer, as a fan, we can't let that happen. And it's going to happen if you continue to let this all just play out. It isn't getting any better. It's getting worse. These taunting calls are just outrageous. The ones during the Chiefs game, the pointing, uh, like the like after that punt, and you grab the face mask, and then you're just kind of taunting them. Okay, I get it, and I know that's not something that you want during the games. But how about Harrison Smith choking Ceedee Lamb? And not getting a fine for that. How about some of the Steelers players punching Justin Herbert in the stomach while he's down and not doing anything about it or even calling a penalty? How are you missing the most obvious calls and making stuff up that offends you because now it's subjective? Now it's personal to you to make that call rather than based on a rule. And we're going to go into that Super Bowl the most important game of the year to determine who is the true best team in the NFL. And you're going to say that the, that the refs have a subjective way of looking at penalties and they will call it if they want to call it. How does that make sense at all? It doesn't. So if you don't want the fans to tune out, the players to tune out, anybody that watches that game on, uh, uh, in February... You have to be better as a league. And right now you are just being absolutely oblivious to it all. And it's going to it's gonna bite you in the ass. Back to the Cowboys because there's still one big point. And I know that most of you that are Cowboys fans or that watched that game yesterday are saying, well, Dak didn't have any time to throw. He really didn't have any protection. That's where my second point comes in. Because I'm not going to say that they had a bad day. I, I, I can't say that. I can't say that, oh, Terrence Steele looked really bad out there and Connor McGovern in his first start didn't play any better. I'd say if Connor Williams was out there, it wouldn't have been any better either. There would have been more holding calls if I'm being honest. You're lucky you had six. You're lucky you had six because Connor McGovern was out there, not Williams. But I, I, can't, I can't justify a bad day for this offensive line. Why? Because this is exactly what what was going to happen. You know me. You know what I've been saying for the last like month or so. Going into the trade deadline. After the trade deadline. About this team not wanting to get better. And just swallowing their pride and saying. Terrence Steele is just not good enough. 
Terrence Steele is not good enough. That's point blank fact. He is not good enough to be a starter on this team. Connor Williams was not good enough to be a starter on this offensive line. Tyler Biotish really hasn't played better than he did last year. So he doesn't deserve to be a starter. I'd rather have Joe Looney out there if I'm being honest. So really all you got right now is Zach Martin and Leal Collins. And if Tyron Smith is healthy, then you have Tyron Smith. But you don't most of the time. And you know that. You've known that for years that he's going to have the injuries to his neck, to his back, to his groin. And now it's his ankle. He's had multiple injuries on his ankle for years now. And going into that trade deadline, there are multiple occasions to where radio stations, analysts, experts, reporters have gone up to you and stated to your face, are you going to look for somebody out there? To improve the offensive line. To improve your defensive line. With the injuries that have occurred to those positions. And every single time. Quote. We are happy with the guys that we have. We are. We are good. That's what you've put out there. Every single time. So you know what? Go back to those previews. Go back to those reviews. Or go back to what. Whatever podcast I did on the Cowboys. To where I'm saying, this team is really good, but they could be better if they just realize that they need to get better at these positions and just accept the fact that Terrence Steele is just not good enough, that Connor Williams is not good enough. Once you accept that, this is where this team can just go to the moon. Just The sky's the limit. But you didn't. You didn't. And guess what? You are reaping the consequences. You are. This is what you deserve. As Mike McCarthy and the Jones family. You deserve to have games like this. Because you decided that in the best interest of this team. That Terrence Steele should play left tackle. That man didn't even cover anybody. Or put his hands on anybody. Once Dak got sacked. There were some plays to where he didn't even acknowledge that there was a player there. But you want to protect Dak Prescott's blind side, a man that's coming off of multiple injuries and is the future of your franchise with Terrence Steele? You wanna you wanna just replace Connor Williams with Connor McGovern in the middle part of the season and just accept, oh well, Connor's been doing a lot of holding penalties and he's not good enough anymore. He's never been good enough. Never been good enough. So why is it changing now? How come? Tyron Smith was hurt before the trade deadline, yet you thought Ty Seki was a good enough left tackle. Terrence, uh, Tyron Smith has been injured for multiple seasons and has given you all that he could, but you know for a fact that he's not going to be there for 16 games. You've known that. Yet you still don't go and get yourself a good left tackle. You're good. You're, you're so good, right? Eat your own words, Mike. Eat your own words, Jerry, because this is what you've been asking for. You did this to yourself. You did this to yourself. You you said that you're fine. You said that everything's going to be okay with Terrence Steele. That he's improved, that he's gotten stronger. Man was the weakest player on the field yesterday. Weak. Weak. Don't give me that bullshit that he's good enough. I've, I've seen plenty of it. I saw a full season last year, and I've seen half a season this year. And guess what? My opinion has not changed at all. In the games that he's played good, congratulations. You did your job. 
But it's time to fucking face reality and say, we were wrong. We were wrong about Terrence Steele. We were wrong about Connor Williams. At least admit it. The problem is that it's too late to admit it and make a difference out of it. You can get people off of waiver wires, but it it's not as impactful as it could have been if you just traded for somebody. Because you have the picks. You have some players you can get rid of. Yet you decided that people are going to call us. We're not going to call them. Because it makes us seem desperate. You are desperate! Did you not see what Terrence Steele did last week? How he played against the Chiefs. How he played against Denver. Did you see how bad you guys are in your losses? How without Micah Parsons, you wouldn't have a pass rush. Without Micah Parsons, you wouldn't have linebackers. Without Trevon Diggs, you really wouldn't have cornerbacks. You are desperate for these players. It's okay to admit it. It's okay. But no, you got you got too much pride. You got too much too much money. You got too much built into the system and built into this team right now. And you don't want to seem weak. You're weak. You scored nine points. You didn't score a touchdown in 60 minutes of football. You're lucky you scored touchdowns in the Denver Broncos game. You shouldn't have. You didn't deserve the touchdowns. Don't bullshit me. I ain't an idiot. I know exactly what this team needs. Everybody knows what this team needs. And yet the people in charge don't. So you you deserve to lose 19-9. You deserve to not score a touchdown offensively. You deserve to look scared and fearful and just too big for the moment. You deserve all of this. Don't give me that crap that it's okay that Terrence Steele's on the field. You, you, you think Kansas City's the only defense that's going to have guys on the outside that can pass rush? Did you not see the Packers yesterday? They lost, but guess what? Preston Smith looked like a god. And that's without Sedarius Smith on the field. So guess what? When they come back, they're going to be better. What about what about the Bucks? They, they handled you on the offensive line in week one. You think that's suddenly just going to stop? They got Jason Pierre-Paul. They got Ndamukong Sue. They got Vita Vea. You think they're scared of fucking Terrence Steele? Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. This game... This game isn't a shock to anybody. Isn't a shock. Because you know what? This defense has been improving. And they have played better than they did all of last season combined. And they deserve a little bit of credit and appreciation. But that doesn't mean that they're great. Micah Parsons was the only good player on the field yesterday. The only good player on the field yesterday. 53 guys and one was good yesterday. Don't even get me fucking started with the play calling. What the fuck is that? What what happened to all these games to where you're, thro- you're throwing diamond packages and you're putting Connor McGovern as a fullback and that yet that all changes. None of that matters anymore because suddenly you think that ch- the Chiefs have the best defense in all of football. Everything goes out the window and you go back to a Jason Garrett offense once the Chiefs show you that they have a somewhat decent defense. 
you think throwing screens behind the line of scrimmage with bad blocking is going to help you? This is, this is, that has nothing, this has nothing to do with the Chiefs. Nothing to do with the Chiefs. Because you know what? The Cowboys had so many opportunities to score one touchdown and be back in this football game. Things would be different if they just scored one touchdown. One touchdown against Kansas City. 19 points. 19 you win football games when you hold teams to 19. How the fuck do you only score nine? How? There is no excuse for this. And I'm not I'm not giving up on the season. No, no, no. This is fine because you know what? When I'm looking around the league, I'm seeing a, a, an NFL that's filled with just what ifs. Filled with just uncertainty and... Any given week, it's it's anybody's ball game. But like Buffalo, who is the equivalent of the Cowboys in the AFC, they they're losing. They're so talented. They have great quarterback play. They have great receivers. Their defense is is completely revamped. Yet they're losing to the Jaguars. They're losing badly to the Colts, who are five and five. The Bucks losing a few in a row. Green Bay Packers, they lost to the Minnesota Vikings. The Rams, they look like shit. But it, it doesn't matter because really, it can all change in a week. So yes, going into next week, or really in the next few days, the, the Raiders game, I don't fucking know at this point. Because the Raiders are in the same exact boat. They looked really good at the beginning of the season. Derek Carr's a great quarterback. And then all of a sudden, they can't get anything going. So who knows what's going to happen on Thursday? I'm not giving up on this team. I'm just very upset with the reasons why they lost this football game. And it has nothing to do with the Chiefs. It has everything to do with themselves. Beating themselves. They shouldn't do that. Shouldn't be that You shouldn't have to go through these motions of, oh yeah, we made a mistake by putting Terrence Steele on the field. You had all the time in the world to change that. And with Dak Prescott playing badly in my opinion missing some throws he did all he could but with your receivers dropping passes again and your defense playing good but they could play better whatever ah whatever I, i just It all comes down to the battle against yourself. And every single time that the Cowboys do this to the, to themselves, to where they say, it's not a matter of who we're facing on the opposite side. It's not a matter of who's going to be the team that we play this week. You have to look in the mirror and say, as long as we don't beat ourselves, if we play good, if we play to the level that we are capable of, and I know that it's there, because I've seen seven wins to say so. They, it doesn't matter if they win or lose. I will be proud of this football team. I'm proud of what they've been able to do in 10 weeks of football. Or 11 weeks of football. But we can't take 10 steps back 
and say, we're pissed when you said you were pissed two weeks ago. Stay pissed. Stay angry. Stay aggressive. Don't change who you are. Do the same things that have given you success and say, nobody can stop us. Prove that. Words don't mean anything unless the actions follow it. And you didn't do a goddamn thing to, to keep your word against the Chiefs. So you know what? We're going to come back later this week, probably tomorrow, doing the preview for the Raiders game because I'm leaving out of town. And I'm going to be less angry, but I'm still going to be angry. Thank you for listening and watching the Bubble Sports Podcast, episode 256. And we'll see you next time on the podcast. Fucking Christ. Yeah. Hold on. Tell me who's your top five quarterbacks right now, dead or alive, huh? And how much do you care about a ring if the best player got carried by the team? Mm.